when you kind of get out from this threat response, that's where I feel like it feels good and it feels healthy to experiment and be creative and do things because you're able to see clearer what matters and what's important to do. Welcome to the Finishing School podcast, a discussion with and for women about identity, transitions through life stages, how to figure out who you want to be when you grow up, and all the things we didn't learn about in school. In short, it's a sometimes spiritual, sometimes silly look at how to be a grown woman. Whether you're becoming a mom for the first time or about to be an empty nester, modern womanhood and motherhood is complex and the questions and conflicts we face with shifting roles and desires are many. Don't have your midlife crisis alone. Join me. I'm your host, Jessica Euler, and I'm stewarding this conversation on the brink of asking many of these questions in my own life. As my kids get older, my role as a mother changes, and as I have more time to reflect on who I am in the world, I'm surrounded by friends in the same boat. And I know if we're talking about these issues, odds are you are too. Hello, my friends. How is quarantine going? Yep. (laughs) I hear all of it. It's good. It's bad. It's hard. It's boring. It's exhausting. It's not stimulating enough, right? It's all of these things. And every day feels exactly the same and also completely different. And it's hard to plan our energy levels. It's hard to um, anticipate what our emotional and mental states are going to be. And not only ours, but for those of us who have families, we're also tuning in to the emotional states and needs of everyone around us, right? That we're orbiting around each other. Um, This is all why I'm so excited to bring you this conversation with my friend Jenna Helberg today. The things that we're talking about are really helpful for this very strange time. Um, Jenna is a trained psychologist, and we talk about some ways to help our brains process and function through these just unprecedented uh, rhythms and routines and the way the way, all the ways that our, our lives, our daily lives are sort of turned upside down. Jenna, listen to this, you guys. I'm so excited about this. I mean, this is stuff we need to be talking about in the most, quote, normal time, but especially right now. Jenna empowers women who feel overwhelmed to plan their time effectively and to think about their every day in a new way. At the heart of it, she helps women who feel stretched too thin to make changes in their life that lead to having time for self-care. Hello. <laughs> Do we need this right now or what? We need this. So tune in. I can't wait to hear what you think. There's some really, really helpful and practical tools in this episode. They're also linked in the show notes. Okay, have a listen. Hi, Jenna. Hey. (laughs) So nice to see you again. We've had some technical difficulties, but we figured it out. (laughs) Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Um, 
I am really excited to talk with you because you ask great questions about productivity and time and self-care and how to rethink a lot of those issues. I just want to ask you, what have you noticed during this time of quarantine? This is, let's see, what's today? It's um, April 28th. Mm-hmm. Just for for our future listeners, um, it's such an odd and unprecedented time. And most of us are under lockdown or quarantine or shelter in place of some sort. And uh, I can't wait to dive in. But tell me, tell me a few of your your observations so far yes it's been a really strange few weeks or i think we're going on six or seven weeks by now of sheltering in place um something i've noticed while we've been staying at home when i've been talking to others and seeing all the posts um is that this there's this everyday resistance that we women in particular feel um But I feel like we've felt some form of it maybe already before this crisis too. So all of this feeling like we need to do more, that we have to be more productive, or that we're never really doing enough, or that we're always kind of behind. So I I feel like even though it's magnified right now, this is still a really good time to think about these things and look at these things. Um, and do we need to keep doing all of those things even after when all of this is over or not necessarily over, but when we get to the, some kind of new normal-ish thing? Yeah. I love those questions. And I just recorded a podcast similarly asking those questions. Um, I feel like it's a time where we really have the opportunity to notice and pay attention and things in our lives that are maybe uncomfortable or um, or even just things that we don't love that we <laughs> we do because we're sort of used to you know being on autopilot and doing them and um, maybe now we can't do them and things are on pause so we're it's bringing attention at least for me it's bringing attention to the things that I don't love to do that were a part of my normal life. Um, or my even my business. So it does raise some really interesting questions. I love that word resistance. Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh, gosh, I just feel like during this crisis in particular, I've been able to listen more to, or I guess I've let myself listen more to what feels natural to do that day versus kind of trying to force different tasks or force what I had originally planned maybe a week earlier or yeah or uh, even the night earlier or night before Mm -hmm. yeah I I oh go ahead I was gonna say that I really loved that episode um that you recorded because it was so I it, it was asking these questions that we really maybe all need to be asking ourselves but in a really gentle way and uh you were really considerate of everybody's kind of suffering that's going on right now. But I feel like that question or those questions are still really important to ask. So I really loved that episode. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that because I, um, I'm just very conscious of the fact that 
you know, my situation is so different than someone else's. And, and that whole idea of, you know, I think it's a great metaphor being in the same storm, but not being in the same boat. And, you know, I, it has, of course, affected our family. Um, it's affected my business greatly, as I know it has yours. You know, we're we're non-essential, mm-hmm. Jenna. <laughs> um, you know, I and know. of course, that means lost income and lost, you know, lost projects. And um, I mean, I lost a, or postponed, you know, a, a gallery show. And but I just I was very sensitive um, to not wanting to come across as naive about, you know, the real suffering and, mm-hmm. and the fact that people are losing jobs and maybe they don't have another income in the home. And um, I recognize that I'm, you know, I'm very lucky and blessed in that way. And so I, it was kind of hard to put it out um, because I didn't want to minimize anyone's suffering. But I do think that for for everyone, right, no matter what, our situation is there is an opportunity if we are willing to maybe reframe a little bit right and ask these questions yeah so okay so what you were talking about I feel like it's been such a challenge um, for me and I know for a lot of women I've been talking to that sense of trying to balance you know doing and resting and these are life questions. These are, you know, things that <laughs> we can't really escape from. But I think particularly now, we can't run away and distract ourselves as easily as we have in the past. Um, so we kind of have to figure it out, right? We have to, like, <laughs> tune in a little bit to what we need and pay attention to what feels right and what doesn't feel right and when we're, like, forcing something. Um mm-hmm. But is it helpful right now, or or even in general, to focus on getting things done? I feel like there's, you know, there's, there's kind of two camps right now, mm-hmm. it seems, during this quarantine. There's the camp that's like, learn the new languages, bake the sourdough bread, which, by the way, I am, um, there's part <laughs> of me that's totally in that camp, right? I'm like, I'm going to learn <laughs> Spanish. I've got sourdough bread in the oven right now, you know, but... There's that, and then there's also the, like, grin and bear it, like, I am drinking at noon and can hardly function and can't wait for this to be over. So how, how do you recommend thinking about productivity or even just getting things done? Um, since we... Nah. <laughs> I have something weird. I think it's a dog, <laughs> dog hair. Oh, nice. <laughs> So, so since we talked last time, I've actually had some time to kind of ponder these things more. And it's really interesting. So I'm a psychologist by training. And it's interesting how even though I know a lot of things, it isn't until you're living it that it really becomes clear. So what I realized during this time is that I've gone through this thing that we call um, fight, flight, freeze response. And I think that a lot of people have been going through that. So Mm -hmm. basically there were, or in the beginning, I felt really useless and I was kind of paralyzed. So that's kind of the freezing. Uh, So I would either just do nothing or then I would try to distract myself with a lot of things, with TV, with snacks, 
So that's more <laughs> oh, of like yeah. trying to flee the situation. And then there were days when I was just trying to do all the things, trying to like force doing all the normal things as much as possible, but with the sense of like real urgency and rush, like this has to be done. And it took me a while to realize that those were part of this this threat response and um it's it's just harder to detect because the threat is like out there it's not something we can run from or fight or 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 hide from right away so um that was really interesting to to me to notice it as something that is prolonged versus something that i've learned that it's just this thing that happens in the moment yeah so it was after I was able to kind of calm down and get myself like off of that adrenaline drip. That was when I was able to get to this stage where I was more calm and I could make decisions that were more intentional. And And that was really when, when I felt like it was the healthiest to start kind of getting things done mm-hmm. instead of from that place of rush and stress and... Uh, just this um, really urgent feeling to do something or a feeling of, of I can't do anything else. Like, I, I can't do anything outside of getting myself to the couch and watch TV. So um, when you kind of get out from this threat response, that's where I feel like it feels good and it feels healthy to experiment and be creative and do things because you're able to see clearer what matters and what's important to do yeah that makes so much sense i i often think about that fight or flight like you said Mm -hmm. like a like a moment in time or like a clear immediate you know physical threat but i hadn't really thought about it in terms of this prolonged response and i i resonate with those stages um you know there's sort of there was initially that shock and not not so much a panic, but just like this real quick reorienting of, yeah. okay, kids are all home from school, school is canceled, we're working from home, okay, I'm not working, you know, just everything was so quickly disoriented. And mm-hmm. I recognize those waves of response of, you know, yeah. okay, feeling helpless, and then, okay, and then I have to do everything, and we're going to get all these projects done, and and then to the like slump of, you know, re- not, I wasn't accounting for how much energy that takes to be in that state, you know, mentally and emotionally. Like it, it's sort of that underlying um, buzz, right? And it, it's actually really draining. And I, it took me a while to wrap my head around that because I feel like I'm not doing half the things I normally do. I'm not working out as hard. I'm not you just you know quote unquote being as productive mm-hmm. i have a lot of downtime but mentally and physically i feel like my body is under this stress mhm yeah um, um it's usually when i or now when i'm so much more aware of this like stress response thing and like trying to think of it as this prolonged like little adrenaline drip i can mm. much easier catch myself in it cuz i can be 
okay one day and then the next morning kind of nothing's really wanting to happen yes. so that's when I can tell that oh I've kind of fallen back into that like maybe something happened maybe I've read something on the news yes. or or whatever and that little <laughs> little threat response starts dripping back in or it just washes back over so it's not something you can just get over because yeah. the situation is prolonged um but then uh on getting things done i'm also thinking about the people who really can't be getting things done right now they're maybe yeah. still at work or they they have kids at home maybe they're the only adult with the kids at home so yeah and some are just mentally and emotionally at really full capacity so for them i don't think getting things done in the sense of doing a bunch of extra things right. matters i just feel like or i want to encourage them to just do what feels like it'll help them kind of get to the other side what'll carry them through until yeah. we have some kind of new normal oh totally yeah i think that we all need to adjust our our i don't know our standard for you know <laughs> what what it looks like to get through the day i'm finding um i don't have young kids at home my youngest is 8 but you know just managing him making sure he's on track checking in with my teenagers you know making sure our house is there's six of us here in a smallish space i'm I've taken over a closet in my office because that's the only private space I have <laughs> because my desk has been, you know, taken over. That's where the family computer is. Um, so it, it's taking a lot of energy and I can't imagine what it would be like to have really young kids. Like you don't, it takes all your time and attention. I mean, I remember those days, but you know, now <laughs> without having the outlets that we're used to having with young kids at home, um, it's just a completely different situation. And I feel like we just need to give ourselves a ton of grace. And if oh, I sure. if I write down one thing on my planner each day, just one thing, it could be like, send this email or mm -hmm. make this phone call or, you know, something really simple. It, it feels like that's a win for me instead of working through some giant list. Um, so that speaks a little bit to like the hustle versus flow and you know mm -hmm. I'm very much a, a flow person and I have my whole uh, anti-hustle manifesto <laughs> on my blog um, and I think that's what you're talking about a little bit with resistance right yeah a little bit hustling is really like this whole what are all those quotes? Like, I can't even remember any of them because I'm so, like, like anti-hustle. <laughs> but, but it really is not, um, like, I am not opposed to working hard in right. short sprints. But that hustle mindset of always 24-7, not having a life or not taking yeah. a break, it just does not it doesn't make well. sense. No. So back home in Finland, I worked a nine to five or technically an eight to four um, as a psychologist. But then when we moved here and I started my own business, it pretty quickly turned into what felt like a 24-7. So wow. that was really what was 
or a few years of that was what made me start thinking about the slowing down and the simplifying. And it's funny because I was doing all of these things that seemed important because everyone was saying, you should, you should, you should. And uh, it wasn't until I took a step back and just cut away so many tasks. It was funny because I took away so many things that had felt essential and I was still getting the same amount of clients, I was still getting the same amount of revenue, was doing less than half of all of those tasks that seemed to never end. So so I really believe that if we slow down and if we take a big picture view, we can we can see what's unnecessary and we can take those things off our lists and make time for ourselves. Yeah. I mean that's kind of what this whole opportunity is that I see, right, with this giant pause, um, that, that, that it is bringing those things to the surface and helping us to realize, you know, the relationships that are really important and the tasks that are really important and not just things of habit that we, that tire us out and wear us down. Um, and one other thing I wanted to mention, when you were talking about, um, you know, having those, like, those spikes in adrenaline, Mm-hmm. Or that, you know, like that fear response. Um, I am, I mean, this isn't news. We all know this, but I'm really <laughs> feeling it in a very visceral way that when I, the more I read the news and the more mm-hmm. I'm, you know, it's it's just this rabbit hole that is so easy to go down and, oh, this article links to this article and like, oh my gosh, look at this headline. It's, it's amazing. And, you know, the more I immerse myself in that, the more I feel that stress and, um fear and confusion because every other day something new comes out in the news and I read one article it says one thing I read another article it says something else and so it just puts me in this spin cycle of confusion and Mm -hmm. I'm really feeling it and my husband is seeing it in me and you know so one thing I'm doing for my mental health is like trying to limit that as much as possible I don't need to read every article none of us do (laughs) Because yeah. it, we can't do anything about it. No, no, we can. And it's like, there are all kinds of facts out there, though we can discuss what are actual facts and what are not. Yeah, but there are, right? there are facts out there. But then we also just, we have thoughts and feelings about those facts. And those thoughts and feelings are necessarily not true. Or yes, the things that we hear and read, they make us worry about things that we don't really know if they're going to happen or not but but we're still letting ourselves kind of already get hurt by the future by worrying about them so it's really really good to limit all of that stuff right now especially i feel like at least for the first part of the day cuz then mm. you get a much better start that's a really good point um and that bring, brings me to the next question um just about you know, how do we decide what to do each day? Because I'm finding that every day has so many shifts just, you know, throughout the week and throughout the day itself that my mental and emotional capacity is going up and down. Um, I might wake up feeling amazing and feeling like, okay, I have all this energy and I'm feeling really motivated to, 
you know, work on this one thing or, um, or just be with Amos today or maybe work in the garden or whatever. And then that can totally change in the afternoon. Um, but what I'm finding is that every day feels so different and, of course, exactly the same. <laughs> um, so the decision-making process about what to do and where to focus my time mm-hmm. is really draining, and it's it's exhausting. Um, I'm trying to – I think I started out quarantine with, like, a lot of structure. Not even just structure, but, like, here's our schedule, family. You know, like, at 9 o'clock, we're going to have this family meeting, which we are still kind of trying to do because it's a really good anchor, and it kind of brings us all together instead of, like, everyone sleeping in and just getting up whenever, you know. But we kind of have this, like, start time to the day. And But I started out with a lot of structure, knowing that it's harder to add it back in mm-hmm. if you start too lax. But um, we've, we've moved more to patterns in the day and, mm-hmm. you know, rhythms. Um, but I still, it's still really challenging to figure out the right schedule or the right structure, so what what do you have to offer um, in terms of making it through each day <laughs> and, and how to decide what to do? Um, well, I do agree, or, or I've also noticed that having that pattern and that rhythm throughout the day is right now much more helpful than trying to force a particular schedule. Um, you send that thing about the days feeling sort of different, but exactly the same. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting, but um, basically what happens when all of our days are really similar is that our brain doesn't see these memories as important enough to document a separate day. So our brain starts to kind of just lump them together. Wow. So it's kind of the same as if you always have the same commute to work you kind of start getting to work and you don't remember that you even drove there because your brain was like we don't need to remember this if there was somebody who cut you off or something happened then your brain is like "Ooh, new memory we shall record this and then it'll be like remember tuesday when that guy cut us (laughs) off so so when our days are like this especially because we are not going outside or well we're maybe going outside but we're not meeting other people we're not doing those things that maybe normally make us feel like this was Monday or this was Friday, that's one of those things that makes it feel like like all the days are kind of similar and all these weeks are kind of starting to mold together. We've done a few things to try and um, work against this a little bit. So we have like Friday silly movie night. Yeah. So that we know that Friday, that's the weekend and... and um, that's going to happen and we walk together in the mornings in the weekend so that's been really helpful already to have those little random things or not random things but those things that make some kind of difference to the days of the week yeah that totally makes sense and um i'm thinking about how you describe the mornings is sometimes you feel really like ready to take on the day and other days not so much so One thing that I really recommend is having some kind of morning ritual, something that you do to yourself, not to yourself. Is it to yourself in English? 
Uh, for yourself, with oh. yourself, by mm. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so something you do for yourself in the morning. Um, and it doesn't have to be a very long time if that's not available to you. And um, one mom that I talked to, she really cannot do something in the morning because she has to do all the kid things and then um, take the kid to school. So we talked about her maybe doing something in the evening instead after her kid has gone to bed. So then she'll have time for herself. And and we talked about the possibility of leaving some th kind of reminder for herself in the morning that she's been taken care of. So just like writing down an affirmation or something and put it at, putting it on her nightstand, doing something that reminds her that, hey, I had that time to ground myself and to connect with just myself. So that might be something to help start the day kind of always in the same way versus waiting on like, how is today going to go? Because if you already take that step in the morning, then it can help kind of carry through. So that might be something really simple, like going out to the patio with your tea or journaling or, or uh, practicing yoga, something like that. Something that feels yeah. right. I yeah, I love that, and I I can feel the difference in the days where I do that, and where and on the days where I just you know wake up kind of behind, mm -hmm. and the day starts to happen to me. Um, right. Which you know sometimes it just feels like I I don't want to try to control anything. It feels like it's too much energy to schedule anything. I need, just need a break and a rest, but that feeling of not having any control mm -hmm. is scary, right? And we already don't have control. We already are so out of control of the situation. So I am trying to like wake up a little bit before my kids, have my coffee and read, do some yoga. And if that's all I do for the day for myself, you know, then that's great. Um, yeah. My friend mentioned the other day that she has these anchors throughout her mm -hmm. day that I, I love this idea and I want to try to incorporate it a little bit. Um, she wakes up, she comes downstairs, she does yoga, she reads for 20 minutes and she's got four kids too. So she's got, you know, a busy house of kids that she's homeschooling and meals that she's making. But then after lunch, she sets a timer, which I love the timer idea. There's something very concrete and satisfying and, you know, kind of creates that natural boundary. She has another 20 minutes of reading And then in the afternoon, her husband is off of work at four and they go for a walk together. And those are just, you know, these like natural checkpoints, these anchors throughout the day that um, are kind of something to look forward to and something to hold on to when everything else feels so fluid. And I just love that. I want to um, try that for myself because I think I think I need that more than, you know, a strict schedule. Oh, for sure. I really love that idea because they're kind of these points that help you kind of move from one thing to another too, mm -hmm. um, to signal to yourself that now this thing is over, we're going to do that thing. And then like, like the walk in the afternoon after work, it's like this transition from working to, to having family time. Yeah, I think that's been hard. Um, I don't know how it's been for you, but it, the days sort of stretch out and 
it doesn't feel like there's this clear end, right? Because we don't we don't leave, we don't go to a coffee shop and work and then come home <laughs> and not work. It's just it's just all the same place, the same <laughs> surroundings. <laughs> and I I think you mentioned um before when we talked about sort of telling your brain, you know, teaching your brain some tricks about your space. Can you talk a little bit about that? So I'm using this kind of starting ritual to my work day. It's super tiny and little, but I'll make myself a little chai latte and then like wander over to my desk. And during this um, shelter order, I've tried to only work in my office because sometimes I'm really tempted to go sit on the couch or go somewhere else. But now I feel like I really do not want to mix these things up. So then when I'm done for the day, I can leave my office, I can leave my desk. But if somebody is working from home and doesn't have an office or a desk, just having some kind of starting ritual, having a little spot where you are trying to always work, I think that already helps even if it's just like a four foot piece of your dining room maybe bring one of your plants over like this is now my office plant <laughs> so then give that it a can name. kind of yeah gregory <laughs> yep <laughs> um, gregory bring him over and then it's like a signal to your brain that this is that time when we do work of course it takes a couple days for that to build up but maybe those first couple days you're also motivated to try that out so you don't need kind of that habit start yet yeah that's such a good reminder that our brains are working overtime even if we don't realize it and so our brains (laughs) are looking for all these external clues during this time oh for sure i love that you bring the couch is a (laughs) <laughs> the couch is a really bad one. <laughs> yeah. So best to stay away. <laughs> yeah. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about your philosophy um, around to-do lists and calendars and um, just making decisions about priorities in general? But I, I really like some of your tools and ideas. For sure. So I used to have a ton of to-do lists and I had to have lists that kept track of my lists because (laughs) there were just way too many. Um, This was back when I I was doing all the things and I was kind of doing the hustle thing or what felt like 24-7 thing. I'm sure it wasn't really because I remember also crashing on the couch and binging on things. So It has been kind of one of those low-level threat response things, I think, too. Um, But now I have, or now, last year I went through all of my to-do lists and kind of just scrapped 80 to 90% of everything. And what I had left, I scheduled into my calendar right away. So I didn't let myself have lists anymore. And I've stopped using lists since then. So now if I have a new task or a new idea that pops up, I look for a spot for it in my schedule right away. And if it doesn't fit in there, I question (laughs) if it is important. If it really, really is important, then I have to take a look at the other things that are in there and see and, you know, face the fact that they can all be in there. So something has to go. I have been trying that since uh, you told me this method because... 
I'm one who I have, here's my planner, my passion planner, which I love. Um, <gasps> oh, I had a passion planner last year. Did you like it? I did, but now I I got that reusable cover thing, and now oh, yeah. they stopped making that size yeah. book. So yeah. And then I didn't order another one because I was kind of annoyed. Yeah, <laughs> it's this. a great. I've used it for like three years. I really haven't used it to its full capacity. It has so many mm-hmm. great tools, and I just really love the layout. But I like that it has the day, pretty much by hour, and yeah. so I can kind of. You know, I know the rhythm of my, well, under normal circumstances, so I know the (laughs) rhythm of my days. But instead of just putting eight things down for Monday or or having this running list, I am trying to schedule them in and being Mm -hmm. realistic about like, okay, I have something to, something pops into my head that I need to do. And if I put it, you know, on Thursday when there's already three other things to do, I know that it's not realistic. And and the, here's another thing. This is this was like seriously life changing for me when I figured this out. I want to hear your take on calendar management because it's mm-hmm. such a part of. It's like I don't know. It feels like it's forty percent of my life is managing. You know, we've got six people with their mm-hmm. own activities and their own jobs and their own stuff going on. So it's a lot to keep track of. And and when I started using a pencil on mm-hmm. the calendar. Because I have an analog calendar and then also yeah. a digital calendar. Because, I don't know, it's 2020 and why not, I guess. <laughs> um, but I started realizing, you know, as soon as I would get the papers home or see an activity that mm-hmm. I wanted to do, I previously I didn't feel like I could commit to it. I, I always felt like, well, let's wait and see. Right. And, you know, as it gets closer, we'll decide. But now I just write it down on the calendar and I know if it's Friday night and there's something on Saturday and we don't have the energy to do it, we don't have to do it. I can erase that mm-hmm. because it's in pencil <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's my calendar, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny because I last year I ordered these friction erasable gel pens. So now it looks like pen, oh, but you nice. can erase it. Because there's something with pencil, I think, because I'm just kind of all over everywhere, all over yeah. the page. So I just smudge everything off. So I was super excited to find erasable gel pens. That has been my version of this. <laughs> yeah. Do they work? Are they like truly erasable? Yeah. Some papers are a little bit trickier or like it. it's like it soaks in differently. I, I don't know. But oh. on the whole, it's really good. I'm sure pencil comes out easier, especially if you're not pressing crazy hard. But I'm yeah. I'm really liking the friction pens. The markers are harder because oh. they're um, there's more moisture in them. So the page is kind of like get oh, yeah. wobbly or like that warped texture, a little even bit. If, yes, warped. Okay, cool. Good to know about that. I love it. Um, yeah, seriously. What do you use for calendar? Are you analog? Are you digital? Both? So I'm using a Moleskin um, analog one, but I'm, I'm on like a very small one now. I pretty much just put in appointments in it. And then so one half of it is a week and the other or one page of the spread is the week and the other one is just empty with lines so I usually use that if I if there are tasks that I need to remember like oh I need to do this in May then I'll like pop it in on one of the May pages but otherwise I'm not using that calendar for tasks it's solely to keep track of 
of appointments and like anything that I want to check maybe quarterly I'll have like a little checkbox on those lines for like pay sales tax oh yeah fun the fun stuff um so so where do you keep track of your daily or your weekly kind of tasks so for my tasks I have this weekly page that I print out where I put down Uh, Monday through Sunday and each day has a few checkboxes and then I can just write in tasks or appointments in there. Oh, I love that. Um, Can you talk about how you decide to um, what to add into your life? Like the big picture, how you have some really good tools around this. So um, it all begins (laughs) with the rocks, pebbles and sand story. Um, so there was this professor who had a jar and he had some rocks, pebbles and sand. And he demonstrated to his students that if you put in the rocks first and then you put in pebbles and then you put in the sand, they all fit in because all those little, um, pebbles and sand, (laughs) pebbles and sand particles, they go into the nooks and crannies between the rocks. But if he started with sand and pebbles, the rocks won't fit in anymore so um, I've seen others use this rocks pebbles and sand story to plan how their work week should be but I feel like um, well I needed to modify those ideas to work for me and and I feel like work for women overall so I see rocks as everything we do to take care of ourselves everything we do to charge up so I feel like those are the things we really need to plan first. But the problem is that most people will do self-care only in the cracks of time. So they're treating self-care as sand, basically. Mm-hmm. And that means that they don't fit into the jar because they're actually rocks. So so that's what I put in first. And I have to me, it's really simple because in the printout that I have on every day, my first checklist item is self-care. So... It's, I've like just baked it in there to make sure <laughs> that it's going to happen. And then um, the pebbles are things that drain our energy, but we do want to put energy into and time into because they're still important to us. And then the sand is all those little things that kind of we often get stuck doing because they feel urgent. Like we get a text or we get an email or the laundry has to be done right now. But most of these things are kind of things that you sort of have to do anyway or things that you'll do even if you haven't scheduled them. So that's why I'm treating those things as sand and I just let those happen in the cracks of time instead of trying to make time for me in the cracks of time. I love it. It's so good. Um, a couple things come up when you, when I hear you talk about that. Um, one is just, well, I have a whole podcast coming out later about self-care, but the way that we define self-care and the way that it's been commoditized and it's become this industry, it's become a luxury. It's not, it's not essential. It's, it, it almost becomes this indulgent thing which is crazy if you think about it, right? Like, right. What, what is the umbrella that we should be looking at self-care with? Oh, well, I just think that it really falls under, like, well-being. Maybe we should be talking about just our well-being. Because self-care, yeah. it can sound 
yeah, because of how it has been portrayed, it does sound like something indulgent and something selfish and something expensive. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. how it feels like. Um, it's funny because when I started talking about self-care um, on Slowdown Jenna, I realized that we don't even have a word for it in Finnish. I was talking to my mom and a couple mm-hmm. of friends, and then I started talking with friends who I speak Swedish with, and we were wondering, like, there's no word for this, really. So it's interesting that this word had to be, like, it had to be... Um, like, translated? Yeah, or or the fact that we had to come up with a word to take care of ourselves oh, when it's right. been like it has to be created. It's been something that really probably just has been so essential that it didn't need a word. Like it just yeah. was something that happened. And now with all of the busyness and all of the stuff, all the, like hashtag all, get all the things done. So <laughs> I feel like it has just been pushed aside. So they had to like make up this word to make sure mm-hmm. that we start doing it again. I think you're right. I think um, well-being is a much better way of looking at it because for me, it, it involves everything from, you know, physical exercise or just movement, moving my body, getting mm-hmm. fresh air, being outside every day, especially now, you know, I'm realizing it's it can be really easy to just stay inside all day and not go for a walk. Um It could be just taking a few minutes of quiet in the morning or journaling or reading a book. I mean, it's not like expensive facials and, you know, products and going to right. the fancy spa. Although I would not complain about that right now. <laughs> that would be yeah, great. There's, <laughs> there's no harm in those things being part right. of it, but it's right. not all of it. There was somebody on my Instagram who commented that it's kind of like, or self-care is kind of like parenting yourself. It's yes, totally. doing all those things for yourself that your parents used to make sure that you do. And yeah. I thought that was brilliant, really, because it comes down to like getting enough sleep and, and eating the right types of food, or not right types, but the ones that nourish you. The nourishing, so, yeah. Oh, I so love I that. thought that that was really funny and like a really great way to look at it. Yeah, uh, that's very much up my alley. Um, okay, tell me briefly and tell our listeners about <laughs> you have this whole platform um, called Slow Down Jenna. And you put out weekly video content, and I'll do a full intro um, before the episode. But how do you help women overcome overwhelm, which is such a need right now? Well, I think that really the two key things to come or to overcome overwhelm, they're really simple. We have to do less, and we have to take time to take care of ourselves because it's like this really great cycle when we're taking care of ourselves we see more and more of the things that we don't really need to be doing the tasks that we don't need to to have in our lives because they don't add anything to it and then when we do less we have more time to take care of ourselves and it all kind of just goes in this awesome cycle so anytime the overwhelm creeps up then we know that we either Or we're probably not doing either of these things. We aren't taking care of ourselves, and we aren't aren't um, being picky about what we're taking on. Mm. Those are good touch points. I could see how they feed each other really well. Well, as we go on into our 
who knows when this will end. Um, I was hoping you could share your daily journal questions, um, which are also available on your blog, and I will link to those um, on the episode uh, page. But um, as we talked about, you know, having these touch points and having some kind of pattern to our days, can you share your journal questions with us? Because I think they would be really good practical tools that we can take away. Oh, for sure. So um, I actually used to answer some of these questions on a weekly basis. I have them on my weekly task list printout. But I felt like during this crisis, I've noticed that doing all of them daily, it, it was, it's really helpful. And the days that I miss or the days when I don't sit down and work on these, I can kind of I mean, I go through the day okay, but I noticed that it wasn't as intentional and maybe I didn't get everything done that I wanted. So it has been really helpful to do these daily now. So in the morning, I ask myself how I want to feel today. And then I list three things that can cultivate that feeling. And these have to be things that I have control over. So they can be like I hope that these things happen. They have to be things that I know I can make happen. And then I usually list out a few things that are things that I get to do that day because we often focus so much on the we have to do things or the tasks. Sometimes the get to do's are actually some of the tasks and that's a really fun realization to have. And then I ask myself what I would regret not doing that day. So this might be a work task, but it might also be something around home or something around family that yeah. doesn't make it make its way onto a task list um, very easily. And my last question in the morning is just jotting down something around how I'm going to move my body that day. Love so, it. so in the evening, I like to check in on how I felt. Did I feel in the way that I set out to feel? And did I actually do things or do the things that I thought would make me feel that way? So then I can kind of control and adjust and see, did I do those things? No. Well, it, then it's not even weird that I didn't feel like I wanted. <laughs> so so I can. it's just kind of a way of... Um, keeping yourself accountable <laughs> for what you're doing. Yeah. And um, then I'll write down some things that went well throughout the day. Um, and I'll write down some things around what I learned that day. So what I learned might be just positive. Maybe they were some nuggets I picked up from a book or from somebody that I met. But often these things can be things that didn't go so well. Like I learned that now is not yeah. a good time to work from the couch because the TV is right there. So let's not work <laughs> on the couch. And then my last one is what I appreciated that day. And the more specific, the better. I feel like there are a lot of these like gratitude practices where people will say like, I'm grateful for the roof over my head, but I feel like that's, kind of really not tangible really or it's it's not if specific. you've always yeah if you've always had a roof over your head or if you've had a roof over your head for a long time it kind of doesn't feel like much but if you can pick out some smaller details in the day like 
like in the beginning of all of this sheltering in place, when I was kind of in a paralyzed state, my husband made me a chai latte a couple of times in the mornings <laughs> before I got to work or got to my office. So my office in my home. Yep. <laughs> um, so that was like one thing that I appreciated because it kind of started that day off. So, yeah, those were the questions. I love those. I I um I really do want to try to make that a rhythm for myself. Um your evening questions, I think I mentioned before, um they remind me of an ancient Christian practice, a contemplative Christian practice called examine where you sort of review the day and you you know sit still and and it's a meditative practice um and you reflect on specific blessings or specific things in your day that you uh, want to give thanks for. And then you also ask, you know, you, you just replay moments throughout the day that were life-giving, that were life-draining. Mm -hmm. And um, you can do it through writing it down or you can just do it, you know, um, mentally. But it's it's such a good practice to bring attention. And I think probably, especially even now, it would be more important to do these things because, um, like you mentioned before, like our minds don't have something to hold on to if all the days sort of feel the same, mm -hmm. right? But yeah. but sort of forming those memories and, and really re-examining what was special about today, even if it was just, you know, I went for a walk and I saw a beautiful cherry blossom tree, you know, um, mm -hmm. it's probably more important now than ever. Um, and so these journal questions are also available on your website, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, great. I'm excited to share all of these resources and the rock pebbles sand exercise um, and point people your way. Um, because you have so many good resources. Um, let's see, one last question for you, Jenna, before I let you go. What are you reading right now? Oh, I am reading Patriarchy Stress Disorder by Dr. Valerie. Okay, tell us about that. We need to talk about this. <laughs> this is well, This is amazing. It is. So I am, I think I'm about halfway. So I don't know, like the full scope of everything. But I find it really interesting to read in, in the context of this crisis. And, and when I've been thinking about the threat response, the, the flight, fight or freeze stuff, it, this book is kind of bringing to light how we already maybe were feeling a mild version of this before. Um, and I just, I just find this book really fascinating because there's a lot of things that I didn't know from before. For example, that trauma can be passed down for generations in your genes. I know, it's amazing. So, so the book talks about how women are in this kind of cycle of doing all the things, but also scared to kind of take a step um, I guess, take a step towards something that's uncomfortable, but really great and amazing for them. Because we've been kind of taught that we're not supposed to be visible, we're not supposed to be doing all the big things, we're just supposed to be, you know, doing the things in the kitchen or 
taking、mm-hmm. care of the kids. So, yeah, I find it really fascinating to read right now when everyone is, is um, or maybe not everybody, but a lot of people are at home with their kids and kind、mm-hmm. of dealing with these roles that they have at home. Yeah. Again. I think.、Um, I've, I've written a little bit about this and I am really excited to read this book. But, you know, going back to that idea of hustle and again, like not meaning hard work, but、mm-hmm. meaning that constant, like, I have to produce in order to have value. I have、right. to produce in order to feel good about myself or prove my worth.、Um, and that can look a million different ways depending on, you know, your personality and your, your actual job.、Um, But even that pressure that we put on ourselves is, I don't want to say a male way of、um, looking at productivity because I think, like, the fullest version of what it means to be human has masculine and feminine aspects to it, you know, in balance,、sure. but more of a patriarchal way of, you know, you should be able to produce the same. You know, output at the same level every day of the week, every week of the year, every season. And、mm-hmm. we know if we are sort of tapping into that more feminine intuition and that, that feminine way of knowing, that's not the case, right? Our, our energy, our、um, kind of our just our power in a sense, our essence, like changes throughout the week. Right? We talked about that、mm-hmm. a little bit, like what we're able to accomplish on a Monday or, or our energy level on a Monday compared to Friday is different. And we know that cyclically, you know, women in particular are more aware of how our cycle changes throughout the month and how that affects our energy level. And that's,、yeah. if, if we can pay attention to that, that's like a much different way of working and thinking about. The, the rhythmic and seasonal patterns. Yes, that's something that we didn't talk about and how I、um, prioritize tasks. But that's something that I take into account when I'm planning my weekly tasks because I think about where I am in a cycle and I'm synced with the moon. So that works out great because I don't need to deal with, like, what if there's a full moon while <laughs> I'm having my period? I don't need to. <laughs> Yeah. Go that far. But yeah, I plan my weeks kind of according to that too. So, some weeks where, or the week of the full moon, for example, that's time when I record videos or when I try to do like the social things or do the podcasts or stuff like that. So,、yeah. so it's, I've noticed that it's really helpful to me because trying to just do. Kind of the daily reset or trying to push things on the daily, it just doesn't work out. And it's funny because I didn't think about this stuff for a long time. For a long time, I'd have like three fairly productive weeks and then one that I called the crash week, and I didn't really、yeah. know why. And then I put two and two together when I started reading about cyclical planning. And、uh, that's kind of been, or that has been really great for me. Um, being able to kind of rest and reflect during the week when the hormones are kind of asking for it. And、yeah. it helps to be, or it helps、um, just to be more productive and actually get things done during those times when we're naturally 
um, inclined to get those things done. It's also such a good reminder that we are, we are made to need rest, that we're yes. not meant to operate at a go, go, go pace all the time, right? Yeah. That throughout the week and throughout the month and even throughout the year, I know mm-hmm. in winter, like, I just need more sleep. You know, I just do. <laughs> we all do, right? And it's, if we can pay attention to that and sort of connect ourselves back to not just our personal natures, but, you know, the larger story of what's happening in nature, we're working with it instead of fighting against it. Do you have any good books that you'd recommend about that? Um, Kate Northrup talks a little bit about it in her do less, but I haven't read a book on only that. I've been following along, I think it's called Flow Living on Instagram. Oh, cool. Let me see. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I feel like a lot more women are becoming aware of, you know, just that, um, connecting to our cycles as far as our energy and our productivity and it's just how we're made it's it's a story that our bodies <laughs> are telling that we do we are made for rest and um that's a beautiful thing that men and women need to learn from <laughs> yes um okay jenna i think we're gonna sign off and there's been so much richness in this conversation um You've given us a lot to think about um, in terms of how we can move through our days and some really practical tools, which I'm really excited to share. So thank you so much for your time. And um, I'm excited for people to come pop over to your website and see some of the resources you have and some of the coaching that you are offering. Oh, me too. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I'm just really excited that you created that's or this space where women can talk about things that nobody really teaches us when we're growing up or when we even (laughs) become adults yep (laughs) i'm in the middle of my life and i'm just learning some of these things so (laughs) let's keep the conversation going yes thanks jenna Oh, wasn't that so good and so helpful? I hope it was helpful to you. Um, I know some of those tools that Jenna mentioned um, have been really, really helpful for me. And, you know, I'm just going to keep trying. I, I don't have it all figured out yet. I don't have um, a handle on this quarantine thing. <laughs> just feels like I keep trying new things and that's okay. Give yourself permission to try something. And if it works for you, hold on to it. If it doesn't work for you, let it go and adjust. It's totally okay. We're all doing the best we can. Um, But I just wanted to remind you that all of those tools that Jenna mentioned, um, the fill your jar guide, the daily prompts for the journal um, and the one-on-one, the free one-on-one support calls are all on her website and all of those links are on the episode page. If you go back to wherever you are listening to this podcast and go to the episode page, you'll see those links right there. I would love to hear your feedback if you use these tools and you can always call in um, on the link to leave me a voicemail. I'd love to hear what you think about 
these um, exercises and what you find helpful. Okay, thanks for listening. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this conversation. If you enjoyed it and know a friend who would love it, please, please, please pass it on. Word of mouth is how we can grow this community. Thanks again.